It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I'm really excited about today's episode to talk about an issue that is affecting the country right now, and that is the Equal Rights Amendment. There is a, um, a proposed amendment to the United States Constitution to uh, essentially make the sexes equal. And uh, we're going to talk about the ERA today over the course of the next hour. And talk about it in terms of what are all the nuances behind it? Why hasn't this happened yet? Uh, Why should it happen? Why shouldn't it happen? Uh, So I would invite you to listen over the course of the next hour and podcast this wherever you podcast. Uh, Just search for KSL Moms if you want to listen to the entire uh, episode. We'll get into some of the history of the ERA, too, and how we got to this point in 2020 where uh, 38 states have now... um, ratified the ERA and Utah is not one of those states so we're going to talk about all of that as well. I'd like to bring in my guests now. I have three fabulous women with me. First of all, Representative Karen Kwan representing District 34. Hi, Representative. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for inviting me. And you are proposing legislation in Utah to um, uh, have Utah ratify the ERA and so we're going to get into all of that as well. Also joining me, Amy Rich. She is the chair of the Utah ERA Coalition. Amy, thank you for being here. Good. I guess it's afternoon now, right? Whatever time it is, it's good. <laughs> yes. Thanks for having me. And Emily Bell McCormick, former guest of The Mom Show. She's been on several times also with The Policy Project, a group advocating uh, for different women's issues here in Utah. Emily, hi. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for having us. Good to see you as always. Me too. Okay, let's dive into the ERA representative. Representative Kwan, I will start with you. Why don't you just tell me what the ERA is, what it does, and how we got here a little bit. Yeah, the ERA is um, started actually a long time ago in the 1920s. Um, what it does is, uh, of course, it does seek to um, uh, make sure that laws are equal for, um, for the sexes. Um, and it's uh, something that has a very long history here in Utah, um, but uh, we actually have a longer history of having ERA in Utah with uh, the language that's already put in our our Utah State Constitution. And it's basically 24 words, right? So it's it's a uh, very um, good message to put forward into our uh, U.S. Constitution. I can read you those words. The Equal Rights Amendment says equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. That's it. That's the whole thing. And when you look at this ERA on the surface, we've been sort of talking about this as we were prepping for this. And and Amy, I'll pose this to you. Uh, You look at this and you're like, yeah, of course, of course, the sexes are equal. Why is this not happened yet? Why has it not? Why did it take so long to ratify? Talk to me a little bit about the history of the ERA and kind of how we got here in 2020. Sure. Um, You know, it is it is interesting that it's uh, this is a special year coming up, considering uh, when we think about history. A um, hundred years ago this year, we'll be celebrating women's suffrage. 
uh, with the 19th Amendment and how exciting that must have been for those women at that time. Some of them were Utah women who fought for that. And in a, in, in a current climate, that was really hard for them. And they had a lot of difficulty getting that ratified. But they did it. Um, and so we're celebrating that as well. Um, but those early, those early uh, suffragist, suffragist movements were really important to get this started because that really said women are important and women are valued. And I was, I'm happy to hear that Utah were some of those people in the early fight. And so after that was ratified in 1920, the 19th Amendment, the continu- there was a continuation for not just the women's vote, but a women's voice and for women's equality. So Alice Paul, she took the Utah Constitution and the Wyoming Constitution, the only two constitutions at the time that had any kind of equality clause in them, and she used those to pen the Equal Rights Amendment. So that's kind of a fun connection there. Isn't that interesting that yeah. Utah became one of the founding states in making the ERA a thing? Yeah, right. Yeah. So she started that movement, and uh, throughout, I I believe, uh, Congress almost every year, they brought it to Congress, um, starting in 1923, I believe. Um, and in, in about the 40s, I think that there was, and I don't have all my exact dates on this, but the language changed because it was not, they weren't agreeing with it being so like women centric. They wanted it to cover all people. So that's where the neutral, the more neutral language came, where it says on the basis of sex. And um, so in the 1970s, when Congress finally did pass it in 1972, at the time, both both uh, Republican and Democratic parties were on board, and they were supporting this. And so they had a bipartisan group together. So when Congress ratified or passed that, it went to the states. And so in our, our in the Constitution, it says it gives Congress the authority to propose an amendment and the states the authority to ratify an amendment. That gives them kind of that even balance of power. Mm-hmm. And so in order to have it ratified, we needed 38 states or three quarters of the states to ratify this amendment. So it started going out in that first year or two, I think 30 came on right on right away. They ratified like Hawaii was in like the first hour right, right <laughs> after they passed. People were very excited and there was a lot of momentum for this. And as it went through the states, I think it got to the states where they had less infrastructure for women's issues. And that's where um, those states along with the the group that Phyllis Schlafly, I don't know if you've yep. heard of Phyllis Schlafly, mm-hmm. <laughs> she started it with a group called Stop ERA, and she was actually a, a lawyer herself, a professional lawyer, and but she was telling women at the time that, that this would force them out of the home and started to use some fear tactics that, that took it away from really what it was. And those those worked in, in states where people were afraid, and we didn't have the data we have now to know that those those issues are not not relevant anymore right so it it died uh three states short of ratification um and it brought us back it it kind of left things for a while you know just sat dormant thinking that well there was a deadline attached an arbitrary uh, arbitrary deadline attached by congress that ended in 1982 so a lot of people thought well maybe we'll have to do this a different way so they kind of let it go and moved on to other things but there was an interesting thing that happened um, at the something called the Madison Amendment, which was the last amendment that just was ratified in our Constitution, mm-hmm. the 27th Amendment. Mm-hmm. It is called the Madison Amendment because it was passed by Congress 203 years before it got ratified. Oh, wow. And when it got ratified in the 90s, 
that this is an amendment that says Congress cannot give themselves a raise. They can give a, a future Congress a raise, but not their own Congress. Sure. So that makes sense, yeah. right? But I think women were like, well, wait a minute. If Congress, if this is just affecting a few people in Congress, we should be able to still ratify something that affects at least half the population or more. Yeah. Well, so it came back to life. Yeah. So and that that deadline is part of the issue of this whole ERA, right? Mm-hmm. Can Congress still can we still ratify the ERA if yeah. that Congress if that deadline passed 40 years ago? And that's right. that's part of the issue. Emily, do you want to tackle that in two seconds before we take a break? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, there, because uh, Virginia just ratified. Yep. So we have the numbers now that the ERA has been ratified, but we're dealing with this deadline issue. And so they, there are legal cases um, going on right now. And we'll see where they end up, hopefully within the next two years. Is that right, Amy? Uh, hopefully sooner than that. <laughs> okay. Before that, that, that would be better. If we have anything to do with it, right? <laughs> right. Okay, let's take a quick break. More. We're going to talk more about the ERA, more in depth, what Utah wants to do when we come back on The Mom Show. You joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us wherever you podcast. Listen to this entire episode because over the course of this hour, we are talking about the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment. This is a proposed amendment to the United States Constitution that is aimed to um, make the sexes equal, for back, lack of a better word, even though a lot of us know that already, <laughs> that the sexes are equal. There isn't a... Um, something in our United States Constitution that legally says that. And so the history of the ERA started in proposing Congress in 23 and uh, Congress put uh, finally passed it in 1972. They put a deadline um, that then got extended to 82. Right. Is mm-hmm. that, is that yep. the right date? Yep. Yeah. And so uh, not enough states had ratified the ERA as of 1982. And it kind of went dark for 30, 40 years until r- recently in the last five years or so, I think with the um, uh, the Me Too movement and a lot of the, um, you know, women's groups now um, being a lot more vocal, it's kind of got some renewed interest. And just last week, two weeks ago, uh, Virginia became the 38th state to ratify the ERA. That is a very brief synopsis of how we got here. <laughs> Pretty good. Right. <laughs> But uh, I'm joined today by three women working on this issue. Uh, First, Representative Karen Kwan of our Utah State Legislature. And Representative, I'll start with you. You are proposing to to ratify the ERA in Utah. Tell me why you want to do this. I am. A couple of years ago, I was reading some news articles about Utah being the worst state in the nation for, for women. And I was just thinking, well, yes, right, because we do have issues here. But what a shame that that's what our children are, are hearing. That's what our, um, our kids, both um, little girls and little boys, are hearing. And also what we as women hear. Um, and I started thinking about um, how so many of my friends have said, you know, I, I that doesn't resonate with me. That's not the narrative that I would say. And yes, we have issues, but I wouldn't say we're, we're really the worst. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want that to be perpetuated. And so I started thinking, what can I do? What can we do as a state legislature to talk about the good things that we um, have done for women in, in Utah and came up with these um, the history of Utah. I had no idea uh, our long history with um, with women's rights. 
um, starting from our Constitution, right, in 1896. And, and, I mean, there are quotes back then that say things like, Utah is the shining star. You know, we're, we're at the, um, the crest of the, the Rockies being the crown jewel for women's rights. I mean, we don't hear that, kinds of, right. that kind of talk now. Right. Um, and wouldn't it be great if we did? Right. So I started thinking about what kind of message could we send to our to the women of the state and then also to future generations. And last year, 2019, I passed a resolution that had in its language something that says that we, the Utah legislature, recommends that the language and intent of the Utah Constitution be included in the U.S. Constitution. Mm. That passed unanimously right. through all of the all of the committees. And so what does that say? For me that says that our legislators at their in their hearts believe in this, believe in equality and value our women. And that is a strong message to send um, not only today, but for future generations. And that's why I'm running ERA. And a lot of people hear about the ERA and they're like, okay, let's make the taxes equal. And they're like, don't we already have that? Isn't that already a thing that we do? That's why I got involved. I know I when I heard that it wasn't part of it, I thought, that is that that's a thing still? Right. <laughs> We're still talking about this 40 years later? <clears throat> and three quarters of our population say that they support ERA. Many of them have that same question. What? We don't already have it? Right. So talk to me, and I don't know who wants to take this, who can talk specifically. What what does the ERA do, and what would it do in Utah if we ratify it? So in Utah, I actually have a legal memo that was prepared for by University of Utah professors, but it was also looked at by our former Chief Justice, Christine Durham, who um, gave her opinion on the memo. The, and she she said it was it was right on. The memo says there's not going to be any legal changes in Utah. So it does become more of a message bill. And that is what I'm looking at. It's a grand gesture for, for our generations now, but also for our future generations. And because we have a Utah state constitution that talks about equality of the sexes uh, in Utah, as I understand it, ratifying the ERA won't make any of the issues... Um, null and void. Like there's this, there's this um, belief by some who oppose it, who, who think that ratifying the ERA could actually cause more issues for women, because if the sexes are quote unquote equal, then all the things that are offered to women, like equal opportunity and affirmative action, Title IX, those have to be then offered to men. And there are some laws that um, help women. Is that a possibility? I think you're hitting on something really important there, and I and and. I think it helps bring down the fear level, actually, when you tell people this actually protects both sexes. Because right now, I mean, we're coming off of millennium of kind of women being a little bit, you know, getting the underdog in society. Mm -hmm. And I can appreciate, I know we've all had a lot of feedback from women who are kind of like, gosh, this feels like this big bra burning something so extreme. It's just, why do we have to do this? I feel equal. I'm equal to my husband. I feel equal in my religion. I feel equal in my neighborhood. You know, I feel equal. But... The reality is that the feeling of equality is not actually equality. It's a metric, right? Equality yeah. is this metric, and yeah. it's measurable, which is why Utah often comes out looking like we're at the bottom of the stack, right? Sure. Like we know that we have a different, like our pay differential is bigger than any other state. We make 70 cents on the dollar. Um, um, so we look at those things, and I think one thing that's been cal calming to people is knowing that this also protects men. So for people who are very 
concerned about, you know, well, we also don't want women to rule over men because that, that's an actual legitimate thought that some people have. There right. is a fear there. Right. This the nice thing about this amendment is that it protects both, right? If for some reason in 250 years women are ruling the world and you know men are oppressed, it w- it would it doesn't allow for that, right? So men also enjoy the same protection because of the verbiage in the amendment, which is um, sex, right? It's right. dominated by sex. Well, and I do want to get into the issue too of sex versus gender, right? Because right. those things aren't the same, and we know, we mm-hmm. kind of know that now. Um, but this issue too of could it open up more, you know, for example, legal challenges, things that are are now constitutional based on our constitution would become unconstitutional if the ERA um, takes effect. Yeah. And actual the actual legality, interestingly, with the ERA, it is so it is buried so, so, so deep. It's so funny because it's actually outside of a lot of the fear tactics that were used in the 70s and a lot of concerns that people have today. And the actual legal like legal change that happens if this amendment is ratified and put into our Constitution is that it takes um, gender to a strict scrutiny. So we look at things like we can't um, we can't um, discriminate on the basis of religious affiliation, national origin, race, those things are are amendments in our constitution as well. Mm-hmm. Gender or sex is not. So what it would do is it essentially takes this and when a judge looks at it to not get too technical, it makes it so that those cases are taken really seriously. So if I can prove like the reason that I was discriminated against is 100% gender. I mean, anybody looking at this can see this as gender. Before a judge, it was an intermediate scrutiny, the way that they looked at it. So it was kind of like, well, let's look at the case. Let's like see what you're saying. But it would move it to the strict, strict scrutiny where when they look at the case, they say, we do not this. We do not take this lightly. We look at this just like we would say, you're Jewish, you're being discriminated against because you're a Jew, it's apparent. Almost always you're going to win that case, right? And it would do the same thing with gender. Both sides actually, you know, male and female. Right. It would protect that. It, again, it seems like a no-brainer on the surface, right. but then you kind of dig down underneath and you're like, okay, why would people oppose this? And that's kind of the main crux of it too, is does this, in trying to make the sexes quote-unquote equal, actually do more harm than good for women who've come really far up until this point? One of the things that I love about this is this conversation is helping people understand the difference between what an amendment really is as opposed to a law or a statute. What makes it different? They're not in conflict of each other. An amendment is actually something. The constitutional amendments that we have are principle-based. They're value-based. They are things that are important to us as Americans. It's a tool that we can use to then create new laws that support in this case, women and women's issues, and men, too. Mm-hmm. But it could also en- enhance the laws that we already have, the good legislation that's already in place. And it can keep those good laws from being rolled back or defunded or watered down. Or in the case of, like, Violence Against Women Act this last year, that was completely taken away. And there, if an ERA was in place, that wouldn't have happened. Right. So that's the power of an amendment is it's so much harder to change. It it's cements our value into the Constitution. So... We don't have to say, oh, it's going to take something away. It's enhancing what's good and right. will, will keep 
bad legislation in the future from happening. But it almost seems like we need to make sure the language of the ERA, which I know is only 24 words, like so <laughs> solid so that it basically is based in principle, right? It it's says, you know, the sexes are equal and anything done up, to, up until this point is based on this principle, right? That the sexes are equal because that's that's the kind of the point I'm getting at is there could be these legalities. Yeah, there's, there's one other point I want to make in that uh, I think there's a misconception that this will somehow control people and there's there's no way that it, this is going to get rid of bigotry or misogyny and co- that that's something else we need to work on later yeah. on and that's what we can hope we, we can continue to work on so it it's not going to take those issues into effect but what it does is it tells our government what we want them to do this the constitution is we the people and it tells the government how we want them to treat us and our laws and our families and our and our society. So we want them to look at sex as a class like race or religion as just as important as something to look under the microscope and say, hey, is there something here that we how can we do better by people? I think I got so uh, involved in this segment, I forgot to introduce the other two guests. (laughs) (laughs) That was your hearing. Amy Rich, she is the director of the Utah ERA Coalition. And then Amy Bell McCormick is with the Policy Project. They're an advocacy group working to ratify the ERA here in Utah. And then Representative Karen Kwan, of course, our state representative uh, representing District 34. We'll take a break. More on the ERA when we come back on The Mom Show. It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us wherever you podcast. Please go listen to this entire episode because we are diving deep into the issue of the ERA. This is the Equal Rights Amendment. It's an amendment proposed um, to ratify or excuse me, to amend our Constitution in the United States um, that would basically deem the sexes, male and female, as equal and Again, on the surface, a lot of people hear this and like, we don't have that already? Like, I'm pretty sure you can't discriminate. I'm pretty sure that's a thing already. But uh, our United States Constitution uh, does not have um, an amendment that says you can't discriminate based on sex, although it does have, um, we have policies in place and we have other amendments that kind of talk about discrimination, but not one specifically about about the sex. So let me bring in my guests real quick. I have three of them here. Representative Karen Kwan. She is our uh, District 34 state rep. Hi, Hi, Representative. And you are proposing legislation to ratify uh, the ERA here in Utah. Now, just a couple of weeks ago, Virginia became the 38th state to ratify the ERA. Utah, if we did it this year, would be the 39th unless someone does it before us. Why is it important for Utah to ratify if 38 states, the three-fourths majority, have already done it? Right. First of all, yay, Virginia. Yay. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, the thing about the, again, I came to this because of that national narrative about how bad we are for women in Utah. And I want to make sure that not only our generation now, but future generations understand that we have a history um, of being the, you know, uh, one of the quotes was that we are the crown jewel of our union in terms of equal political rights. Um, So I want to be a part of that conversation. So certainly that's a a reason to um, ratify uh, 
the ERA and send that grand gesture to our um, to our generations. But you know, also we need to be good neighbors. At the time of um, of our state constitution, they didn't just talk about um, we need to have this in our constitution. The reason that we were seen as such a leader is because we talked about being good neighbors to um, all of our states and to the women that are going to be moving um, or you know into other states. I know my daughters um, are thinking of moving. One of my daughters is out of state, and my other daughter with my granddaughter will no, no. <laughs> be moving to it's another so state. And I want to make sure that she has just the same um, amount of protections there that she does here. Okay. So. And you're proposing this legislation, obviously, the general session starts tomorrow. Yes, we are working hard to get that message out about why this is important for us this year. And a, Utah, a recent Utah policy poll came out saying three-fourths of Utahns support ratifying the ERA in Utah. So it seems like it has the people's support. Do you think that you'll get other legislators on board? Yeah, absolutely. We already do have other legislators on board, every single one of my um, Democratic um, colleagues have have um, supported, said that they will support this. But I also have some bipartisan support as well. Ray Ward, um, Representative Ray Ward and Senator Kurt Cullimore both announced uh, last week, I believe, that they are supportive of this. And I'd have other um, uh, um, GOP um, legislators who've said that they would uh, be supportive of it as well. And do you have any conservative senators or representatives who have said, I will not support this? Oh, yeah. We have it, and we are we are um, we have open conversations about um, why. Yeah, tell yeah. me some of the reasoning what they're what they're giving you as to why they wouldn't. We'd love to hear those reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would love to have a sit down conversation. So if there's any way out there, any listening out there, we would be more than happy to have a conversation if they'd allow it. Yeah, be great. So tell me some of the things yeah, that you're kind of Actually, are Amy is the one that has taken the brunt of those kinds of conversations. <laughs> I, th- I think um, maybe um, she would have something to. Well, to what add I that. what I love about this whole movement that is different from the past is that it feels so much more inclusive and bipartisan and positive and and we're bringing people in and bridging these these misconceptions and trying to to find common ground and i've i've loved that process so whatever happens in the long run with this what i've enjoyed so much is the conversation and getting it out there because we need to have these conversations and this is a perfect opportunity to to talk about the Equal Rights Amendment, to celebrate women, to go into this year 2020 with all these things happening and just see the progress we've made and keep that progress and that momentum going. So, Amy so for Rich- people who, oh, sorry. No, so I was just going to introduce you because I, oh. I forgot to do that. <laughs> Amy Rich is the chair of the Utah ERA Coalition and Emily Bell McCormick is with the Policy Project. They're an advocacy group that is working to uh, ratify the ERA here in Utah. Emily, let me turn to you. What is the opposition to the ERA? So it's it's interesting. There's a lot of question around that. And a lot of it is actually based in fears that were planted in the 1970s. We talked about this a little earlier on the show. But some of these, um, a little bit of a misinformation campaign that went around back in the 70s, there were fears like gay marriage, uh, shared bathrooms, women in the military. Now, interestingly, we all know the ERA did not ratify in the 1970s. And yet those things still came to pass, right? Like all three of those things exist. And I think we, you know, generally society would agree that we're all doing okay and that life has worked out okay. Right. So um, because of that, 
we know that the ERA was not directly related to those. Abortion is also another big fear. That's something that's actually already protected in the Constitution, right? It's a it's a private it's privacy law. Right. So a lot of people now will say, well, we don't want abortion on every corner. Actually, abortion is legal in the United States of America. We don't have it on every corner. It that would not change by this law does not allow that. Right. But there's some there's some uh, abortion advocates who say that ratifying the ERA, if if abortion is legal and it's provided for women. Does it also have to be provided for men? Is that what it means? So can a man have an abortion? That's what I'm curious about. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean... Again, it sounds like yeah. a silly thing to say, yes, we have to provide abortions for men, but that's kind of the opposition. Like the one big thing I'm seeing yeah. is where everything has to be equal and even something like an abortion where it's not physically possible for men to get an yeah, abortion. I yeah. think you're, you're hitting on an interesting thing there, which is biology, right? Yeah. Um, because there's a big difference between we say that, the you know, there will be it's basically a protection that the law, regardless of your sex, you will be treated the same under the law. Well, we have these biological differences that we all just have. They're right. not changing. They're just, that's what we are, right? right? So I think that, that that is something that will be worked out over time. But to your point earlier, we have a whole bunch of laws that protect that, that allow for equality, and we've been able to work with those nuances of biology. So I have no doubt that those will be worked out. I think right now that is where some points of confusion are. But one thing for the general population, for all of us, for me, for everyone to understand is that that is true of every law. Any law we put in place, we are not 100% true what the trajectory will be, but we just look at it and try to make it the best policy that it can be and move forward from there. And that is what this is. That's what the ERA is. It's right. good policy. And I, I believe that the Supreme Court has already ruled on, um, based on that strict scrutiny law that says that when there are differences within biology and there's reasons to separate and have separate laws, then they have up- upheld those. Sure. Absolutely. Right. Because there's kind of this notion of like, well, can this just undo everything we've done thus far? There, yeah. There is that uh, right now at the intermediate scrutiny level uh, that they use. It's about it usually goes about 50 50. There's just that's the level of where those court, court cases are won. But if it's at a strict scrutiny, it's 80 percent. It's not 100 percent. That means there's room for that, looking at what, what's the best for this individual or the interpretation. Their, or the, the, the interpretation yeah. yeah. Okay. Amy Rich is the uh, chair of the Utah ERA. I'm also joined by Karen Kwan. She is a representative uh, for District 34 and Emily Bell McCormick with The Policy Project. We'll take a break. One final segment on the ERA when we come back on The Mom Show. Back inside The Mom Show. Dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining me. I love this discussion we've had today on the Equal Rights Amendment. This is a proposed um, uh, amendment to our U.S. Constitution that is aiming to make the sexes equal. So uh, basically it says that rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States by any or by any state on the account of sex and Yes, even though you think it's a thing, this is not a thing (laughs) that exists in our Utah Constitution. Uh, The the brief, brief history of it is they tried to uh, pass this amendment in 1972, or they tried to ratify it, excuse me. There was a deadline that lapsed, and um, now we've gotten to this point in 2020 where uh, a few more states have come on and actually ratified the ERA. So it has 38 states that have ratified it across the nation. Utah is not one of them. However, Representative Karen Kwan, who joined us earlier on the show, uh, she is proposing legislation in Utah 
the session that starts tomorrow uh, to ratify the ERA in Utah. So we will see uh, if that happens. But I'm joined today by Amy Rich. She is the chair of the Utah ERA Coalition and Emily Bell McCormick with the Policy Project. Uh, and the two of you are working tirelessly to get this, <laughs> along with Seriously, Representative Kwan. <laughs> that is the truth. We're, very, we're all tired. We're, we're women. Tired. We're, we're moms. We're, we're moms. moms. We multitask. We're so tired. <laughs> exactly. So, so tired. Tired, really, of having this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. move it on. And can we just do it and move on? <laughs> just be equal. It's just exactly a thing. Right. Anyways, um, so Amy, I understand that Murray City recently uh, came on board to say they support ratifying the ERA in Utah. Yeah, so Representative Kwan is one of her uh, cities that she represents is Murray. And so she was hoping that they would... Uh, she could find out what the citizens of Murray thought about this. And so we were at the Murray City Council last night um, and heard public opinion and um, heard the council um, speak on this. And what I love about Murray City Council, first of all, they, they voted to support ratification of Utah and Erie. And it was it was uh, it was. An emotional, passionate meeting with a lot of people there, but it was so good to get those conversations out and some of those myths dispelled. But what I loved about that council, and by the way, they've got great leadership in Murray. I really uh, see good things for them. But they are a very balanced, diverse um, council. And um, it's nice to see that diversity at the table because I think that's what this is all about, bringing more voices to the table, I think, makes us all more creative, more empathetic, more we have more ideas and solutions when that happens. So Emily, good for them. Yes. Uh, Emily, you are on the front lines of working with legislators trying to ratify the ERA here in Utah. Tell me the biggest opposition you see from them, people who are not supporting this, and how do you uh, dispel their, their myths? You talked about some of those myths, Amy, and some of the, the misconceptions about the ERA. Yeah, that's... Such a good question, because as you mentioned earlier, it's this is a popular amendment. People want to ratify the general population. We know about 75 percent of Utahns are in favor of it. The legislature is a different animal um, and they really want to represent their constituents. They want to do that. But I think quite a few of them are around in the 70s when this initially came out and when there was more pushback than right. A lot of fears like we talked about misinformation campaigns and a lot of them are still kind of holding on to those ideas and feeling like there's a threat in ratification, in showing approval. Um, But what I'm finding is Many of them are willing, once they get information, it's just like all of us. When we don't know everything about a topic, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety about things that can be. Mm-hmm. And once you have information and get it from a valid source, I think that a lot of those fears are kind of going away. And and frankly, um, as they see their peers support it, they're going to be more supportive or feel the freedom to support it. And when you say they, they see it as a threat, like they think women are going to take over the world and they're not going to have any power anymore? Like, what you are we talking here? Yeah, I mean, that's a funny thing. Okay, to the to everyone's credit, there have been laws that, that allow for women to get ahead. You know, there was something in Salt Lake County, a law that just passed where um, women and people who are minorities would have more access to business licenses. Sure. Just this little law. It passed. Um, And I think to some of the population that feels threatening, right? Like Mm -hmm. that feels like, oh, gosh, well, now they're going to get ahead. I'm a white male. I'm never going to get ahead. You know, and and that's okay. Like we my thought is we shouldn't discriminate against anyone. Right. Right. And Um, I've heard uh, some sentiments of, you know, men feeling discriminated against because of the women's movement we've seen in the last five to 10 years. Men feeling like I'm not the enemy here. Yeah. I I didn't do this. Right. But then being perceived as the enemy. Yeah. And so. 
and so I think we have to be careful because that is a real sentiment. And I think for anyone in this room, the reason that we love this is because we love equality. Mm-hmm. And equality denies no one. Mm-hmm. You know, equality is for absolutely every person. And that includes, I don't care what skin color, what gender, it does not matter. It includes everyone. So, yes, I think the legislature will be um, willing to do it. We just need to make sure that the misinformation has changed, that we can understand that this is beneficial to women and men, and it protects all of us. Sure. Uh, Emily Bell McCormick is with the Policy Project, a group advocating to ratify the ERA here in Utah. Amy Rich is the chair of the Utah ERA Coalition. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me today, and shout out to Representative Karen Kwan, who is proposing this legislation uh, at the state legislature. Any final thoughts you want to leave us with of uh, why Utah should ratify the ERA and or why we haven't thus far? I think I would want to finish with saying that I think Utah is an amazing place, and I want the world to know it. I want them to see that we have a great economy, and I want them to be willing. We want the best and talented to come to Utah. We want to bring people here to share what we have. And I think raising raising the awareness that Utah is a great place for women and men alike, alike and families. Um, this is good for the economy. This is good for families. Um, by lifting each other, um, we just, we're better people. Yeah. The rising tide rises all boats. Exactly. Is that what the expression is? Mm-hmm. Very good. Ladies, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you, Thank you, Lindsay. Lindsay. And we'll be back next week on The Mom Show.